Had it front shot off the post, rebound, score! Paul Cotter follows the puck off the iron, puts it into the goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Broken up from behind, intended for Milano. Two on one for Vegas. Marcia so on the left. Will Smith got it to him. He scores! Nicholas Wong! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... Super hot, like overmodulated, or extremely excited about what is about to happen over the next couple hours of the VGK Insider Show. Reflecting on a couple of wins, back to sole possession of first place, and taking out a highly talented New Jersey Devils team before following it up by avoiding the trap. And the trap game was really, really evident that it was there for the falling into yesterday and Vegas managed to sidestep that before embarking on this uh, season high equaling five game road trip uh, that starts tomorrow night in Fort Lauderdale. So we'll get to our game rating in just a little bit. Plus uh, one timers news notes from around the national hockey league, but we'll start off by opening up the phone lines to you, the listener. Uh, Tell us what you think about what went down on trade deadline day. Uh, There's been some big impacts from all the new players Uh, You've got the injury to William Carrier and then the three straight wins on the homestand, which uh, Gary Lawless declared yesterday as virtually locking down a playoff spot. Statistically, there's more work to be done, but that run last week did a lot towards getting this team back into the playoffs. So 702, uh, 870-1340. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, the next half hour is all yours, Ryan. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I'll, I'll say this in terms of the the thread for Gary Lawless locking down a playoff spot. All of that. The Golden Knights put themselves in a great position. If you believe the production, the projections for where that playoff cut line is going to fall, somewhere in the ninety-four to ninety-six point range, uh, when you just kind of look back, take a step back, and and look at where things are right now in the Western Conference, which teams are are kind of on that playoff bubble, and where the Golden Knights are in relation to say Calgary and, and Nashville, uh, it's it's a pretty optimistic outlook right now for the Golden Knights. And the main objective right now is to to qualify for the postseason. That's what the Golden Knights are looking to do. Those three games at home certainly push them in in the right direction there. Well, this is why statistically there's so much left to be decided. Is Nashville has 22 games left. That's the potential of 44 points. You, you can do a lot if you get hot to be able to get yourself back into a position. When I mentioned Nashville, they're the first team outside of a wild card spot. So statistically, it's going to be a while before you ever get into a conversation about clinching a playoff spot. But Nashville would also have to climb over 
uh, Winnipeg and Edmonton and Colorado and Minnesota, Seattle, L.A. before they get to Vegas. So there's there's also that part of it, which lends itself to the uh, success rate of the of the Vegas Golden Knights and getting back into it. But on, on just plain terms, uh, you're 14 points up on on, a, on Nashville for that playoff spot, 14 uh, points up. And there's only a 44 potential points for, for Nashville. If they go 500, that's 22. Well, 14 to 22, that's pretty good. Like that, that's if they just go, go 500 and Vegas doesn't get anything uh, down the stretch. Uh, that would put Nashville in by six. I know this is very uh, like well, what is he talking about? But uh, but if that if Vegas does nothing and Nashville just goes five hundred, they're in by six. They would have to go uh, a lot better than five hundred. And and if, if Vegas goes uh, equal distance down the stretch, then it it should be there, barring something wildly uh, unexpected happening. So a big, big week uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Those three games last week uh, played well in all of them. Uh, won a more offensive punch against uh, Colorado, but that was really a 2 nothing game uh, minus the empty and everybody, Nathan McKinnon. Uh, and you got great goaltending in all, all three. And then some uh, timely offense, uh, certainly, in, in the last two. What did you like most about those three games? Uh, that finished off that homestand and swept that homestand. What are you most optimistic about coming out of the trade deadline uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights? We want to hear from you on the VGK Insider Show. Yep, 702-876-1340 is the number. We'll go out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, good. I mean, who couldn't be right now? Life is good. Since I haven't had you guys together, I want to ask you collectively, who had, what organization had the best uh, dry, uh, trades in the deadline or during the deadline in the West and in the East? Do you have an opinion on that? Go ahead, Ryan. Darren, you want to? Yeah, uh, okay. So I'll go. Um, I-, I liked what the Boston Bruins did. At the trade deadline, to be completely honest with you, you bring in Tyler Bertuzzi, Garnet Hathaway, Dmitry Orlov. You're the best team in the league. Uh, you don't shake things up too, too much. And I, I think you bring in players that really do fit the identity of what this Boston Bruins team is. It's an all-in move, and I, I really like what Boston was able to do uh, in, in terms of solidifying their roster for a deep, deep playoff run. It's, it's Stanley Cup or bust for the Boston Bruins, and I think their moves at the trade deadline certainly fit that mold. Um, from there, I, I, I like what the Golden Knights did. I'll be honest with you. I, I really do. And when you look at what Vegas needed going into the trade deadline, what I think they needed down the stretch, it, it comes down to depth. It comes down to getting to the inside, playing the right way. And, you know, what we've seen out of Ivan Barbashev early returns are that's exactly the type of player the Golden Knights need in order to be successful down the stretch and in the playoffs. And, you know, Teddy Bluger, I think, has gotten a little bit more comfortable. I, I would expect the next couple of games he's he's going to fit right in. Um, and Jonathan Quick picks up his first win last night. Like, I, I look at it from that perspective. I like the fact that the Golden Knights went in, in, in the direction of depth, and I think it will serve them well. Uh, the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, I applaud all three moves. They were uh, three moves that give them uh, definite uh, positive upgrades 
and something different. Uh, in the case of Ivan Barbashev, I love that side. It gives you some uh, opportunities to move some players around and uh, utilize Nick Watt in a different role with Teddy Bluger being in. But we've seen Teddy Bluger uh, for a couple of games now, and and I think people are really excited about him. And then Jonathan Quick uh, with the insurance and goal. But when you look around the National Hockey League uh, about teams that, uh, that were positioning themselves for a Stanley Cup run, uh, Boston is already wildly out in front, and they added to it and and I think they added to it in specific spots where it makes them better. The Dmitry Orlov acquisition for the Boston Bruins uh, is going to be one of those ones like the Ivan Barbashev uh, trade for the Vegas Golden Knights where you go maybe maybe not overwhelming but is going to have a big impact on, on the Boston Bruins uh, satisfying need. They're a little bit beat up, so uh, they, they made a couple of extra moves. And then you've got the other superpowers in, in the Eastern Conference, and it's going to be really fascinating to watch that shakedown. Uh, Toronto Tampa Bay are going to play each other in the first round. Uh, Toronto's a little bit beat up with Ryan O'Reilly right now, and Tampa Bay's uh, not going in the right direction. I think there's a bit of let's just get to the playoffs for Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I'm not uh, severe worried worried about them. Uh, New Jersey, the New York Rangers uh, made massive moves at the deadline. Uh, one of those two teams is is going to go out. Uh, I, I don't know whether I would pick a, a favorite out of New Jersey or the New York Rangers, and I wouldn't be able to handicap and, and give you uh, a definitive uh, team that has the advantage between Toronto and Tampa Bay, despite all four of those teams basically going all in at the trade deadline. Uh, don't Don't look past the New York Islanders, though. Uh, they were the first team that really started things off, and and the Bo Horvat uh, trade has has played out really well for them. They have two really good goaltenders. I love their blue line, and if they can ever get their scores going, uh, I think that there's a real possibility in that. Uh, anybody else is just kind of playing around right now. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, underwhelming at the deadline, uh, heavily criticized uh, for what Ron Hextall didn't do. Buffalo is playing meaningful games. I don't think it gets beyond that. Uh, Ottawa is playing meaningful games in Florida. Uh, they, they, we play them uh, tomorrow night uh, here with the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, that should be the most desperate team that they will face on this entire road trip because of because of where they are. Uh, it's definitely heavily uh, tilted in the uh, in the Eastern Conference, but I, I think uh, Boston and Orlov uh, uh, certainly, and then then you got to get to the second round before you see who survives between the Rangers, uh, the Devils, and Toronto, and uh, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's go back to the phone, Ryan. Yeah. Thanks, Mike, for the call. 702-876-1340. That's the number. We go back out, bring in Michael. Hey, Michael, how you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Doing well. Great. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I mean, I got no complaints about the Knights right now. I don't like that they uh, gave up a few goals late in that game, but it happened. And the two points is all that mattered there. Yeah, that game yesterday uh, was was a really clean game. Uh, I thought they they got better as the first period went on, and then managed to find some goals. Getting a couple of goals out of Ivan Barbashev uh, really uh, rounds out that line. And uh, you saw Marsh saw the game four, and Jack Eichel's got it going right now. So I, I think that's uh, that's a that's a really key part. And and having to require and uh, the the goals giving up uh, late uh, not great, but Jonathan Quick made a save in the final minute. 
that secure that win. And I think that helps out uh, just being part of the team uh, a little bit as, as well. Uh, so, yeah, you, you don't want them to be closer, but this team seems to love these one-goal games right now, uh, as long as you're walking out with the, with the, with the two points. So, uh, drastically different. Uh, they, they came back and they clawed their way into the New Jersey game and somehow stayed involved in that game. And, and then the other side, they were front runners against Montreal, but it ended up close, but you win both of them. I, I think that's a, that's a positive, Michael. Yeah. I think you've got to win both types of those games to win in the playoffs. I was going to ask you guys a question, not regarding the Knights though. Do you mm-hmm. think if the Buffalo Sabres make the playoffs, they can get past the first round? Do you think they can upset somebody? <laughs> uh, Okay, I, I think anything can happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, I really do. I, I imagine, though, you're looking at um, Boston, right? And whether it's Boston, whether it's Carolina, depending on uh, where Buffalo would sneak in, it would be as a wild card. I don't really foresee any changes to uh, the tops in the Atlantic or the, the Metropolitan. So you, you've got you've to try to unseat one of the most one of the best teams in the league, obviously, this season uh, in either Boston or Carolina. I, I think it's a hard, hard path. I really do. Um, but, I mean, Tage Thompson's playing at a different level. Uh, I like a lot of the young pieces for the the Buffalo Sabres, but I, I don't think that they would be experienced enough in that spot with that much pressure to be able to go toe-to-toe with either Boston or Carolina. I think both of those teams are just a step above where the Buffalo Sabres are right now, and that would kind of see itself through over the course of a seven-game series. Hey, Michael, I want to ask yeah, you a question. The, yeah, the possibility it. exists. Boston to face the New York Islanders, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Buffalo Sabres, or Ottawa Senators, and the Florida Panthers. There's five teams. Islanders, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Ottawa, Florida. Who do you think Boston wants to play who do you think boston wants to stay a million miles away from i think that they want to play the islanders to be honest i think that they they would feel safe about that matchup i think a team that they don't want to play would be pittsburgh because they have so much uh playoff history yeah i'm I'm with you on the pittsburgh penguins i don't like the islanders because they're goaltending uh in the sense of i wouldn't want to play them because they're a little bit deeper but uh, but I think uh, I think Boston would welcome an opportunity to face the, uh, a team that's overachieved and just squeaked into the playoffs and and is riding high and probably a little bit looser in the Buffalo Sabers or, or Ottawa Senators. I think uh, I think they would welcome that uh, all day long over the New York Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, right on with the uh, with the Penguins and and that type of uh, that type of playoff experience. Yeah, thank you guys. For your- Appreciate it, Michael. Uh, back to the phone lines. We got one line open, so 702-876-1340. Uh, calling now, what's your biggest plus uh, coming out of the trade deadline for the Vegas Golden Knights? What did you think of the three wins that you saw out of Vegas last week at home in beating Carolina, New Jersey, and Montreal in three very different ways, uh, but putting up those six points? And are you comfortable that this team is a, is a playoff team? Call us now to 702-876-1340. Back to the phone line. Stephanie, what's happening on this Monday? Oh, a lot of great things, right? It was an awesome weekend. Uh, got to see some good wins. Got to celebrate, right? Um, I think it's really hard to say coming out of the trade deadline anything but uh, Ivan Barbashev, right? He was star of the week for the team. Two goals yesterday, some assists, just playing really well, really working well with um, 
Eichel and Marcheseau to get them going. Um, can't ask for a whole lot more out of a trade acquisition, right? I agree with you, and I love the way he he plays. And and the two goals yesterday uh, really show his range. He is there at the side of the net converting two seam passes that are all world between Marcheseau and Jack Eichel. And he taps it home, but he's there and he one times it, and it is it is a beautiful goal, exactly the way you draw it up. And his second goal goes off his body, and he goes to swipe at it, and he doesn't even see the puck cross the line. Stephanie, you know what he sees? He sees a face full of mesh in the back of the net, and he's drilled into the ice and being tackled uh, by the Montreal Canadiens, and he still somehow finds a way to squeak that puck across the line. So that net front presence in both goals, but uh, one is is just uh, an 80s Oilers goal, and the other one is just is meat grinder and, and making it happen, and, and that's that's the range that you see, uh, but the the fact that uh, that he was built up as a guy that loved going to the front of the net was exhibited in both sides. Yeah, and I think that it can't be understated because uh, you brought up meat grinding and going to the front of the net. Um, what an important piece to have on the team with Will Carrier out indefinitely now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just makes it even more valuable. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's not even something that obviously they weren't planning on Will Carrier being hurt. We'd all be much more happier if he wasn't, but it does take the sting out of him being out of the lineup just away just a little bit, knowing that Barbashev is going to be able to do those things that Carrier has been doing out throughout the year. Yeah, completely agree with you, Stephanie. I, I really think that, you know, when you, when you look at the acquisitions and you look at what Ivan Barbashev has been able to do over the course of, of his first four games with the Vegas Golden Knights, five points, two goals, including the game winner yesterday, uh, those are big time minutes and, and big time shoes that that he's come in and and filled. And right now, it's it's going really well with him and Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marcheseau. And I think Barbashev kind of opens up some things for Eichel and Marcheseau to cook as well. And that's why, you know, with the addition of Barbashev, that line to me has has really taken off and been the Golden Knights' best of late. We have a line open, 702-876-1340. That means that uh, the busy signal turns to an opportunity to talk to us and uh, pepper us with questions. Uh, Let's go to line number four. And, David, you're on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Vegas Golden Knights acquired a new goal at at the trade deadline, Jonathan Quick. What do you guys think is going to happen when Robert Leonard comes back and all the goalies that the Vegas Golden Knights have? Well, you won't have to worry about that because Leonard is not expected to be back this year. And Jonathan Quick uh, has an expiring contract. You would have to make a decision to re-sign him uh, for those two to potentially overlap uh, in in the course of uh, uh, time with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, next year. Uh, that goes the same with Lorraine Le- Bossois and Aiton Hill, who are also uh, on the last years of of their deals right now. So uh, the the guys that uh, that you're looking at for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, front and center are Bressois, Hill, and Quick, who are all on expiring contracts. And uh, if Quick wants to play more, he's playing to prove everybody that uh, they still got gas left in the tank. And Aiden Hill is playing for, I would, by his standards, uh, look at a longer-term contract with a bump in raise. And same with Laurent Bressois, who stepped in and uh, and was fantastic for his three games being promoted from the American Hockey League uh, after having the off-season hip surgery. So uh, there's, there's three guys that, uh, that you don't know 
what their future is after this year. The only guy that's under contract beyond is is Logan Thompson, who signed that uh, that three year extension last year. So uh, you got four goaltenders. Uh, I know five goaltenders in the organization with with Robin Leonard, but he's not expected back. So the four guys are the ones that I mentioned. Right. Who who do you guys want to keep out of all of them for our for our one and two? That's a good so question. I, I, uh, yeah. I would think that uh, that Logan Thompson would uh, would be in that mix. One uh, great goaltender has uh, really uh, acquitted himself extremely well uh, in his first year in in carrying the ball uh, for the for the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, I'll be bluntly honest with you, has an extremely affordable, team friendly contract going forward. Uh, for the next uh, two years, uh, the other guys uh, make two and a half million dollars right around there uh, right now in in Laurent Brassois and and Aiden Hill and uh, and they would be either looking for a little bit bumps or or more term on it. But uh, but if if those would be the and and they're both very different, right? Uh, Logan Thompson is uh, is is athletic. Uh, Laurent Brassois is very controlled in his game and and. Aiden Hill is almost a hybrid of the two of them. Uh, I, I would be surprised if, if Jonathan Quick, uh, barring something crazy, would be in the team's plans uh, moving forward. But that doesn't uh, discount the opportunity that is in front of him uh, right now, uh, being able to, uh, one, show everybody that he's still got uh, game left, and two, stick it possibly to the LA Kings, and and three, uh, uh, maybe tag on a couple more years to this contract. That's something that he has to sort out with his family because he'll have full control over where he plays next year. Uh, it, uh, it it comes down to uh, your choices, probably between uh, Brassois and and Aiden Hill. But there's no nothing that says you can't bring Hill, Brassois, and uh, Thompson already in a contract all back next year. Yep, I agree with all that. Well, thank you, guys. You guys have a great show. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, that's awesome. I, uh, the, the, the goaltending is, is very complicated because they've all had stretches, really good stretches, mm-hmm. but they're all still somewhat unproven. And that's where you get into uh, your scouts and your hockey operations and your coaches to be able to try to uh, look down the road and see who's got the the ultimate upside. I've been really impressed with with Aiden Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. I I didn't know quite honestly whether he could take his game to the level that it is. Uh, Laurent Brassois came out of the American Hockey League and blew me away. And then you've got the athleticism of of Logan Thompson and. Uh, if you're going to tell me uh, one guy is better than any of the others, uh, I know the work uh, body work is is certainly higher for Hill and Thompson than than Laurent Brassois. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, but if you're going to tell me that one guy's been better than the other, I, I'd have a hard time agreeing with that. They're they're all on on equal footing, Ryan. Yeah, I'd agree with that 100%. When you look at where the Golden Knights are at right now, and and really the the difference between. Aiden Hill, Loren Brossois, and Logan Thompson. I, I don't know that there's one clear-cut guy that's ahead of the rest. However, when you start to kind of extrapolate this out and look at next season, you do have Logan Thompson, as you mentioned, Aaron, already signed beyond this year. He's got two more years left, under $800,000. That is incredibly cost-effective for an NHL goaltender. 
regardless of if we're talking about backup or a number one guy. And then you've got two more years of Robin Leonard beyond this too. And, you know, you, you kind of look at unproven versus proven assets. We know what Robin Leonard is when he's healthy in the NHL and, and able to play. So it, the goaltending future, the outlook for the Golden Knights is going to be interesting going into next season. But right now it's hot hand. Whoever's playing well is going to get the net. And that's really what it boils down to. Yeah, I think you're in a really good spot. You've got a legend in quick. Mm -hmm. You've got three other guys trying to carve their names into the big oak tree. And after that, you've got flexibility because of the expiring contracts with Robin Leonard, uh, hopefully healthy next year. So it's there's a there's a lot to like about you're not backed into any type of corner right now uh, with your goaltending. Brian, welcome to the BGK Insider Show. Good to have you on this Monday. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. What's happening good. today? Just a quick question for you regarding the New Jersey game, I believe it was. So New Jersey's on the on the uh, power play, right? And then we get awarded the uh, penalty shot with William Carlson. Yeah. If he scores on that penalty shot, is that a, a shorthanded goal? Is that a shorthand? Yes, that would be a shorthanded. Uh, it would be. A, would, it would, would be shorthanded goal, even because, though it's a penalty because, shot. Yeah, yeah. That that would count as a shorthanded goal. Uh, and the penalty would would expire because of that. Easy enough. That was my question. Oh, nice. I uh, love those. I uh, love those simple questions. It's good. I uh, I got to tell you, I, I read the rule book every now and then, and I'm not always right on, on these, but uh, but I try to keep up to date, and I and I scan through it uh, on the plane every uh, couple of weeks. And Dave and Shane mock me incessantly, and good they're not that. wrong. Like I am yeah. sitting there on a flight in a great seat and enjoying uh, all the luxuries of the national hockey league. And I'm reading a rule book. Uh, it is a bit nerdy, but I, I do uh, enjoy learning the, the finer points and the intricacies uh, of the game. You know, it's I, one of the I, nerdiest things I would admit to doing. I, I, I got to jump in here because I actually had the same exact question. I asked someone up in the press box, the same exact question. So me and me and uh, Brian thinking alike there. Well, because it happens while the team is on New Jersey, is on the power play. And even though it's not scored during the regular course of action, it was a it was a, an opportunity that presented itself while Vegas was shorthanded. And it, it, uh, it would be counted during the time, like, let's say, 1340 of, of the third period. Uh, and that's while uh, New Jersey is on the power play. That would qualify it as, as, a, as a shorthanded goal. But I, I can see because it's outside the parameters of the normal uh, power play or shorthanded situation, why it would be a question mark. We've had some of these, these great questions lately. Uh, I, I'll go back to Rita talking about the pinch. And uh, we had another one that, uh, that I can't recall at the top of my head uh, last week. Uh, like there's, there's been three in the last two weeks uh, that are awesome questions that just offer a bit of clarity. And I, and I love those questions coming from our audience. And it's one of the great things about uh, opening up the phone lines every Monday. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. So speaking of that, let's go right back out to the phone lines and bring in Rob. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Hey, guys. My, my question happened, Rob? is about Mark Stone. As much as I love Mark Stone, unfortunately, he's 30 years old, but he's really like 50. Uh, unfortunately, his body is deteriorating, and he's going to – I don't know what his contract is left 
And if, you know, hopefully there's a way they could move on from it because I'm afraid he's going to hold this team hostage every year because you know he's going to get hurt. It's just going to be when and how bad. And I, I hate to say it, but I, you know, you've seen this in other sports where that star player, when he goes, you know, because of the salary and because how good he is, um, I just, I just think it's time that Golden Knights need to start looking the future without Mark Stone. All right, let's deal with a couple of things. Uh, one, Rob, uh, I'm not very happy with you because <laughs> you mentioned that uh, that he's uh, not in a good uh, position with his body, and he's 50. Well, I happen to well, be in that age range. Well, I'm, I'm not I'm very happy with that. All right. So let, let's just leave it there uh, that uh, I'm taking that personally uh, with, with my body. Uh, but uh, the other facts, uh, and, and, and in all seriousness, uh, contract uh, has, has four more years uh, left on it uh, after this year. Uh, halfway through uh, his, his contract, $9.5 million cap hit. Uh, he's, I totally admit, he's run into a bad string of injury uh awareness uh with with his body in the in the back-to-back back injuries uh i'm extremely optimistic though uh rob because of the way he reacted to last season uh the summer uh having the surgery and then returning and was on career uh pace uh when it when it came to producing points uh really really happy about that oh, he and looked, he if, great. If, if he can but... react to that again then then i think we're, we're we're in a much better situation i understand the angst i i'm i'm sure he's feeling the, the, the same way uh if you're if you're honest with yourself uh, i i'm i'm nervous uh, about uh, about him going forward uh, i want him to have a long string uh of of good health uh and only unfortunately only the, the time is going to to get through that, but I, I don't think you're at the stage right now, Rob, where you're trying to get out from under this contract. You're hoping to have the player back and producing and leading oh, you uh, the way your captain should. Absolutely, but unfortunately, we're not talking about you know a minor injury. You know, back you know back injuries in sports they seem like they never go away, and. Right, I agree. He came back great. He looked great, and then unfortunately, and the scary part is when he went out. I don't even. I remember the game he went out. I don't remember seeing anything like, "Oh my God, what a bad hit!" It was just like he was out. So we don't know really what it is, and that that worries me more than anything. Is it didn't even look like he did anything really bad. Well, that he's out. You talked about it. That that's a back injury uh, at its at its height. Right there. Remember when he when he went out last year, uh, early in the season against Los Angeles, where it was just taking a shot and it and it seized up on him or locked up on him. Uh, yeah. The terminology that that was used, and he'd been battling it uh, in the playoffs prior to that. So uh, that that's a back injury where where you don't see. Uh, we scour the tape and go, what 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 happened? What's he dealing with? A uh, foot, leg, knee, ankle, uh, shoulder, and, and you don't see it. Uh, that's that. That's the, the the life of a back injury, but uh, I, I'm I'm because of the way he responded and played this year, Rob. Uh, I'm far more optimistic than if he would have come back and played for three weeks or or uh, having to take maintenance days uh, and and then ran into trouble. Uh, I would have been much more on, on the fence on this thing. He didn't take a day off. Like there was not mm-hmm. one single Mark Stone maintenance day. 
to do with uh, working with this injury and and coming back from it from the start of training camp until he left the uh, left the team and and had his surgery again. So that makes me uh, a lot more positive in, in my outlook for for Mark Stone. And then yeah. the, the four years I'm left, unfortunately, you, you really got to hope that uh, that mm-hmm. he is healthy because of the mm-hmm. the four years that remain on the contract after this year. Yeah, and to to kind of underpin what what Darren's talking about here is is we've seen Mark Stone bounce back, return to form, and his form early this season through 43 games was exceptional. What you're banking on, what you're hoping on right now is that this player can come back again and be as impactful as he was and then can be and remain largely healthy. That's that's what I think everybody's hoping for in terms of Mark Stone because when Mark Stone is on this team – they are an infinitely better team because of the, what he brings to the table in, in all facets of the game. That's where it goes and, to you, Rob. And, and Barbashev reminds me of Will Carrier. Yeah. They, uh, I, I agree with that. Uh, that that's a, that's a great he, analogy. Uh, I think he's perfect uh, for this team. They need a little more grit, and uh, he just reminds me of a, a Will Carrier. Isn't it amazing, though? Uh, Will Carey goes down right after, and you've got him, a Barbershev, uh, to be able to, to, to ride him a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, love it. Uh, thank you for the call, Rob. I appreciate it. Uh, just uh, one more on, on Mark Stone. Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he returns this year. Uh, I don't know whether it's in, in the regular season or it's the first round of the playoffs or potentially uh, during a longer run. Uh, I haven't been able to nail down the exact window or, or a more specific window, but I know that there is uh, a hope that you will see Mark Stone back in uniform. And uh, there's going to be some, some building up to Mark Stone's uh, level of, of getting back and timing and, and fitness and everything else that goes along with it. But boy, wouldn't that be a plus uh, to be able to put him in. And it puts him so much ahead of the curve compared to last training camp where uh, he, they, they, they took care of him and, and monitored him so closely uh, through training camp as, as he was rehabbing uh, and, and getting back into the mix of things. I think he'd be able to hit the ground running next year, as opposed to working himself back into a more comfortable position. Uh, time for one more uh, Chapman. If we can squeeze uh, one more in, uh, let's uh, go back to the phone lines and let's bring in Frank. How are you, Frankie? I'm good. First of all, good show, guys. I enjoy it every time. Thanks, buddy. Second, my question kind of piggybacks on a couple calls ago regarding the goaltending. Where do okay. you guys see them possibly bringing one of those three back? I'm thinking maybe Aiden Hill because I think he's played himself into a new contract with a VGK. And, yes, I see Leonard as a wild card but I don't think that he's going to be 100% healthy ever again because the goalie needs their mobility. And coming off a double hip surgery and being the the kind of player that he is, I just don't see him fitting in anymore. Is there any way that they could possibly get out of his contract after this year? I'll hang up and let you guys discuss it. Thanks. Have a great day. Uh, Good question. Do you want this or do you want me to take it to Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I, in terms of getting out of the contract, like with with Robin Leonard, he's he's on the books for the next two years beyond this beyond this season at five million dollars per. When it comes to goaltenders, when it comes to hips, like you never really truly know what you're going to have and and how things are going to come back until you get back out on the ice. 
and see how it goes for you. Now, with Robin Leonard, he, he relies so much on his reads and maybe less so on the hyper-athletic saves that we've seen out of the likes of Jonathan Quick and Logan Thompson that I don't know that that, that mold is really one that you can put Robin Leonard into. I, I think that this is more uh, along the lines of what we just talked about with Mark Stone. You've got to wait and see how he looks when he comes back before you make any type of decision. Now, there is a modified no-trade clause for Robin Leonard on his contract. Um, there's a lot of different directions, but it's not a situation where I think you're, you're going to entertain any type of buyout or anything. What you'd be hoping for is, again, Robin Leonard comes back into the fold. He's a proven NHL commodity, and you see what you have in him before you make any decisions about what your goaltending looks like going forward. There's so many different ways for this to go, to be quite honest. I'll run through a, a couple of the uh, scenarios for you. So Robin Leonard has the double hip surgery. He feels great, and I've talked to Robin. I've run into him at City National Arena. This is nothing that is uh, hockey-specific. We just bumped into each other uh, as uh, as he was uh, having a son uh, escape. So he told me that he feels great and he's pain-free. Boy, does that not sound familiar to Laurent Brassois? Uh, and, and where he felt coming back from uh, the surgery and being able to do different things and getting into goaltending specific movements uh, that he could get into and feel so much uh, great uh, about his game compared to before. So uh, that being said, here are the different scenarios. You can, you've got Robin Leonard and you have Logan Thompson under contract. Uh, one guy's making $5 million, one guy's making less than a million. Your total cap hit for goaltending would be would be six million dollars extremely affordable uh mm -hmm. very much uh within uh the operational standards and the benefits of of, of of the national hockey league and being able to go with something like uh like that they're, they, they're gonna play a team tomorrow night in the florida panthers which has a 10 million dollar goaltender on his own plus mm -hmm. everybody else plus uh three million dollars in, in spencer knight who's not available right now but like they're, they're upwards of uh, pushing 15 million dollars for their goaltenders in, in the florida panthers vegas next year if they're on the high end with the two guys that are under contract right now uh for next year they'd be about six million dollars uh say say robin leonard isn't healthy isn't productive uh you have to you have to go buy that uh and you have to look at other options for your for your goaltenders well that's when the aiden hill or lauren Brassois, uh come into play you re-sign one of them it would be uh, i would guess less than a four million dollar contract uh with them depending on term but you're still in the five million uh, dollar range total if I'm even being beneficial to the contract uh, potential for Hill or Brassois, you're still in the $5 million uh, window uh, for, for your total goaltending. Extremely attractive and flexible uh, for, for management. But if you're going to right now say, I want it to be Logan Thompson and Lauren Brassois, uh, I can't tell you that uh, definitively or I, I can't uh, support that. I can't argue against that because I don't really know. The Stanley Cup playoffs and the final 20 games of this season are going to dictate a lot of the direction that the Vegas Golden Knights do uh, and go. If Aiden Hill continues to perform and he's been the most healthy guy uh, this year, uh, if he continues to produce uh, nights and games and performances the way he has, then I would be fully uh, supportive of the possibility that there could be an extension there. If 
if he doesn't and he goes to free agency, uh, maybe they, they go somewhere else with Laurent Brassois uh, uh, along that line. Or um, or you look at uh, the status of, of where Robin Leonard. It is a fully, fully uh, dialed in coin flip right now with, with what's going to happen. The only thing that I know is that they've got great goaltending this year from everybody that's played. And they also have flexibility going forward. Uh, I, 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 I would be pure guess if I tried to tell you uh, who would be the two goaltenders on opening night next year. Yeah, I'm, with, I'm right there with you. It's, it's a fluid situation. Fluid. I love that uh, that word. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, a little bit uh, on what happened over the course of the last few days for the Vegas Golden Knights. We also have to look forward to this road trip. I'm in Fort Lauderdale uh, looking forward to the uh, Florida Panthers uh, performance tomorrow night against the Vegas Golden Knights. And that should be a buzzsaw because Florida really uh, is up against it. And Vegas is feeling good about their game. It's the VGK Insider Show from coast to coast uh, almost on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Fox Sports Las Vegas, the VGK Insider Show, coming to you from Fort Lauderdale and Las Vegas. The Golden Knights start a season-high matching five-game road trip tomorrow night against the Florida Panthers. Uh, and we are using some technology uh, in this show that uh, has been very beneficial now that I'm on the road uh virtually every road game uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights that allow me to still be part of the process with you guys. And we're learning as we go along about different ways to take advantage of it. And one of the cool things uh, happens when we just start bouncing things around uh, with uh, Ryan Wallace and Chris Chapman, like what just happened during the last commercial break, where all of a sudden Chapman says, you know what, there's this cool thing that we can also do with this. And and then he said we had to go because we had to come back on the air. Yeah. Uh, what's the cool thing, and why aren't we already doing it? Well, we're not doing it because I don't know how to do it yet. <laughs> okay, but well, that that that, that I, makes sense. I I can learn because I I'm, I'm pretty sure there's other people in the building who have done it. But we can actually put this up so people could watch you on video. Unfortunately, they can't see me because I don't have a uh, a camera on on our computer here, but. If you and Ryan are both on it, they can actually see both of you guys while we're doing it. Well, the the interesting part is I'm the only one on camera. Yes, Wallace is 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 <laughs> using his his two cans and a string to connect to the show. Little rascal and style. You don't have a camera. You don't have a camera on your computer. Yeah, I so wish I did. It would be it would be rather. Um, one-dimensional for people <laughs> just to sit there and, and watch me well they get as, to see as, your your m hat i and, mean it yeah. would be it would be two hours of uninterrupted facetime for you darren like i think your Beautiful. brand would be on board yeah right? it's like cameo that you don't Let get just, paid for <laughs> well i'm not in favor of that either <laughs> let me just give you guys a good good little look here what do you think? Is that my good side? I think so. Yeah. Well, I'm the only one who could see it. So yeah. No, yeah. I can't see anything. So I'm I'm keep, now, keep I'm trying to figure what out what doing, what does your T-shirt say? Dog, dog, what? What is it? Oh, it's from the Thirteen Company. Ah, okay. Looks like Thirteen. A- you go T H I R T Thirt. Okay. And then mm-hmm. X X N Thirteen. My my buddy Brian Noonan owns this clothing company, and it is amazing. So you guys know. 13, the aura around 13 is a little bit, 
mischievous slash bad luck, right? Yeah, unlucky number. Well, well if right. you believe in that. Brian, Brian's got, uh, Brian's got this uh, mental health approach uh, with, with 13, the clothing company, and, and go to the website because there's all kinds of great apparel. Uh, he's got this, uh, this approach where you just handle it straight on. So there's no dancing around like 13 as being unlucky. You own it. You take it. And and you make it yours. So this is one of the cool shirts uh, about it. And it's uh, Underdog uh, Clothing Company and Underdog Mentality is, is one of the slogans that they use. So 13, 13XXN. Um, let me see if I can find there. I, I imagine the, the website is as as straightforward as that because Brian's a great business guy. Uh, but uh, but underdog mentality, that does that not sum up somebody that you know? Underdog mentality, like own it. Uh, you may you may be challenged in whatever uh, form of uh, of job or school or relationships. Underdog mentality with uh, with thirteen, and just uh, just take it down and, and make it yours. Yeah, I I like it. I I could see the logo. It looks like it's a pretty cool logo. Yeah, and they have all kinds of uh, t shirts. So that's with uh, my buddy Brian Noonan. Please. Please go support him because uh, it's it's something that's uh, that's really cool. I I was gonna just like throw it out there, but you asked, so uh, so I'll, I'll I'll ride that train all the way in. We got to take a break, and when we come back, uh, talk about underdog mentality against the New Jersey Devils. They fought, they clawed, they got through it, and they ended up winning that game via the shootout. And they followed it up with a strong performance in the goal scoring department and locked it down at the end against the Montreal Canadiens. And now Vegas is rolling, entering this long road trip. Uh, we'll tee up hour number two of the VGK Insider Show at Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Mm-hmm. I got to do a little bit of housekeeping in and around this program. The Michael E. Minden Jewelers Hockey Parlay Contest uh, took place this weekend. We'll give you the results of that as we played for $900 over the course of Saturday and Sunday. Plus, reflect on the win over New Jersey and the victory over Montreal. Both were 4-3. Did the ratings change between those two? Were they looked at in different fashion? Oh... Chapman's got a story for us on that side. It's the VGK Insider Show coming to you from Vegas and Fort Lauderdale on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stay with us. Hour number two is coming up.